everybody. Welcome back to the big program. Just before we get to Mark Spector, let's welcome in our Monday morning co-host, Florian Munzer. Florian, how was your weekend? It was excellent. <laughs> how was your weekend? Well, it was different, let's uh, to say the least. You know what? I came here on Saturday as well. Duke was here yesterday. I came here Saturday for the Remembrance Day uh, ceremony that was in the yes. mall. It was nice. So... Okay, you're on the you're in the media now, Lorianne. Yes. This last week, you probably you know where you were watching everything from afar, everything that happened since you were in here last week on Monday. Lots of things happened, and then Sunday. So, just as a person that's just kind of immersing herself into the media, your thoughts? Holy, lots going on, and the word simplify is really coming to mind okay. because there's so much going on. There's so much in the media, and the question is, what do the players need to do mm-hmm. to produce the wins, wins after win? And it's you got to change a few things up. So that's what they've obviously done. So as a player, how do you feel um, yesterday, today? What are your emotions? Oh, it's going like a speeding train, and you got to stop it, right? It's you got to think about what's in front and what do we want to do? Where do we want to go? How do we want to do it collectively? Because individually, we're not doing it. So together as a team, how do we pull it together? And there's a number of factors. You know, we've got uh, Chris coming in. We've got Paul. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots going on. Let's bring in Mark Spector now on the mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Good morning, Spec. Uh, have to say, big fella, you did a lot of heavy lifting last week for, I guess, the Edmonton sports media and really media all the way around. So uh, I think uh, uh, props to you for kind of talking about this since last Tuesday doesn't make it any easier on a lot of people, but your overall, I guess, thoughts on the culmination of what happened yesterday. Well, you know, I think what one of the sort of mistaken themes out there is, oh my God, they won in Seattle. How do you fire them now? But, but you know what? Having worked in Edmonton for a long time, you learn a little bit of, of the machinations of firing coaches because it happens every year and a half around here. <laughs> Uh, it takes three days to pull it off. So really, the, they they made the move on after the San Jose game. It was pretty evident after that San Jose game that uh, a move, I think, personally, a move needed to get made. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started it, and it takes a few days. You don't do it in 24 hours. So win, lose, or draw in Seattle, I think they were going to end up uh, with a new coach on Sunday morning. I get the feeling, Spec, that the wheels were in motion even before the San Jose game. Would you agree with that? Well, the wheels of, you know, you don't just decide these things in an hour after a game. Mm -hmm. You talk about them for a long time. Like, the train's coming down the tracks is my point. You know, I think, though, that if they would have come out very impressively in San Jose, probably they would have pushed the decision back a little. And then if they won in Seattle we wouldn't have a coaching firing today, but at some point there's a straw that breaks the camel's back mm-hmm. and then you got to move forward with plan B. So sure. They don't just make these decisions after one game. It's Kenny Holland. It's been bouncing around inside his head and Jeff Jackson's head for probably 10 days. Like, Oh my goodness, we might need to fire a coach here. And the team never came out of the tailspin in time for them to change their mind. 
Spectre, what about, it's not just the coaching staff, let's go higher than that. What are your thoughts there? Because you know that morale trickles down. You've got the front line being the players. You've got the midline being the coaching staff. What about management and leadership? Well, uh, it's kind of a weird situation in Edmonton. First of all, uh, Lorianne, there's two things here. Uh, no one's absolving Ken Holland from having built this roster. It's his roster. He signed Jack Campbell. Absolutely giant mistake. Still might be the crippling factor around here. We'll see. Really, really bad signing. Not a good look on the GM. But firing a GM midseason doesn't help turn your team around on the ice, right? It, in fact, creates more chaos because the GM runs your whole organization, scouting, minor leagues, the draft, all of these things. So firing the GM in the middle of the season, it's not historically that doesn't help your team on the ice. It's firing the coach that helps your team on the ice. This, you know, I know what Woody's record's been the mm-hmm. last, you know, since he got here. And I, I get it that he's he's got a basis of work that that he could fall back on. None of that matters when you got a Stanley Cup contender that you've coached into 32nd place, right? Mm-hmm. He coached this team into a tie for 32nd place. Doesn't matter what you did last year at that point. This is the year this team's supposed to be hunting for a Stanley Cup, and they were hunting for last place in the league. So that's what gets him fired. And and what I said before is what keeps Ken Holland working until the end of the season. Mark Spector with Carius Munzer on a Monday morning Sports 1440. Having said that, with Ken Holland and everything that you mentioned there, Spec. Would you say this decision is way more Jeff Jackson than Ken Holland or yep. same or 80-20? What are you saying? I think this was 80-20 Jeff Jackson. Okay. This is Jeff Jackson making the call. Uh, in my opinion, this is uh, – listen, I think there's another – you know, the other thing you got to remember is Ken Holland's in the last year of his contract – um, you know, he's, he's, I think he's 68, mm-hmm. maybe everybody uh, sort of is under the impression. And I know that Jeff Jackson would know the answer to this 100%, but I believe Ken Holland was always going to make this his last season in Edmonton. Yeah. It's the last year of his contract. He's worked a long time. I think he's ready to retire. I think he always was going to retire. This is it for him. So, so if I'm the president above that general manager, I go into the season saying, look, I'm going to have to make some decisions that I normally leave for my general manager mm-hmm. because I don't want a, 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 you know, a, a bit of a lame duck GM shaping the team for after he's gone. Right. This, this was always going to be a year where Jeff Jackson had his hands and his fingerprints on the GM position. They let Ken Holland build this team. like they, He built his team in the summer. Then they hired Jackson. And now it's up to Jackson to run this team and, and transition it to the next GM. So you can fire Holland all you want. He's gone after the season anyway. And you're not mm-hmm. going to find the GM you want in the middle of the year. That's usually a summertime thing. Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. So, Speck, what did you make of Paul Coffey being added to the coaching staff? Yeah, that's a big surprise. It's a big surprise. Uh, I'm not sure that that's exactly what Paul Coffey, you know, how he would have drawn it up. I think he's taken one for the organization. Um, let's, you know what? I'm, I'm, I don't love the fact that he's never been an NHL coach. He obviously knows the game exceptionally well, but mm-hmm. assistant coaches today, it's hard work. <laughs> they show up early. 
and they pour over film and they do meetings with players. It's a lot of hours, man, being an assistant coach. So Paul Coffey's in for uh, a heavier workload than he had before. And I hope he's, you know, I hope he welcomes that. What kind of presence do you think Paul Coffey's going to bring, be bringing in for the players? What kind of impact well, will he have? Yeah, at least he does have that. Paul Coffey, you know, as we've heard around this town once many years ago, folks, Paul Coffey knows a thing or two about winning. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, you know, that was a long time ago. You know, there's, a, there's, some, there's certain things Paul Coffey can sh- tell a young player and teach a, a player that no one else can because they haven't done what Paul Coffey's done. He's played in Canada Cups and Stanley Cups, and he had a Hall of Fame career. But uh, you know what? You also need to be really proficient at the way the game is played in 2023. And you have to, you know, I think the history of great players becoming coaches in the National Hockey League, and I'm going all the way back to, to Richard and Gretzky, mm-hmm. and the, the great player isn't always the great coach, Kev. So let's see how that turns out with coffee. And you know, Specky, he had a really good answer. I really, I really liked his answer after the fact that he said, you know, he wasn't lobbying for the job. You know, he really said about how, you know, where he is, where where he's at in the, if you want to call it the chain of command, that, you know, he's going to be working for Chris. He understands his position and he understands about what he can offer the team. So is there a player, do you think, on defense that he will have a bigger impact on than others? Well, I think that, you know... And you know who we're talking about, I guess. Yeah, the facile (laughs) answer would be, who's your best offensive defenseman, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Bouchard and Coffey should be able to, um, you know, commiserate. But I guess I also, (laughs) sort of what comes to my mind as I check that list off is, you know, Paul Coffey played in a time when he could just roam like crazy and Charlie Huddy stayed back and did all the dirty work. It's not like that now. Right, mm-hmm. Bouchard's issues aren't in the offensive end. <laughs> Bouchard's issues are in the defensive end. Yeah. Now they still have Mark Stewart, an old NHL defenseman and a smart, smart guy. He's on the staff still, uh, and he's been working with Bouchard for a while here. So, you know, is is Paul Coffey going to make Evan Bouchard a better defensive player? Maybe. I guess we're going to wait around to see. What kind of style spec? What kind of style do you think? Chris Knobloch will employ. Will we see a totally different, and I'm not talking about, you know, defensive zone systems. I'm not talking about all that other stuff where you get into the intricacies of your game plan and what you're going to do on the ice. Is there, you know, I guess the identity, how's that sound? What kind of identity is this team going to have under Chris Knobloch? Well, I would say to you that, uh, you know, you never know when a new coach comes in some coaches just say, I don't care what happened here before I'm doing it my way. Mm-hmm. And this, every coach that's come into Edmonton recently, I'm going back to McClellan, has fallen into the same trap. Among their forwards, they overuse Drysaddle and McDavid and they neglect the bottom six and they don't really care much about their fourth line. And there's no four lines coming at you in Edmonton because the fourth line barely plays. Mm-hmm. So I want to see, I want to say to you that I like to see a coach that recognizes that that's been a problem here for a long time and, and tends that garden a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. That coach Knobloch should, I'd like to see Knobloch play 12 forwards and actually, you know, encourages GM to furnish him with the right guys. Whoops. Uh, furnish him with the right guys so that he can, 
um, you know, have four lines. This team <laughs> needs four lines. They never have it. It cost them against Vegas. So will Knobloch do that? Guess we're going to find out. And what about the fact spec that right now Connor McDavid sits outside the top 100 in scoring in the league? I mean, yeah. if you if you were to say that, if you were told that 13 games in, yes, he's missed a couple of games, okay? But if you were Whatever. told that, you'd go, well, that's not possible. Yeah. So a lot of the talk that always happens around here is, oh, Connor and Leon are going to want to leave. Well, Connor and Leon, uh, I think the one thing about Connor and Leon is they're probably looking in the mirror and saying, man, mm-hmm. we sure haven't helped much lately. How do you think you know, the players, they have, yeah. Like, they're yeah. great players. Sorry? What, you're you're going to be heading down to the rink right away, 9.30 for the morning skate. What do you think the reaction is going to yep. be when you talk to all the players after the morning skate today? Oh, it's always the same reaction. Yeah. We've heard it a million times. Mm-hmm. We let the coach down. This is on us. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know, this this core group and this group of players has let a lot of coaches down, man. They've had a lot of guys fired, and it doesn't speak well. Mm-hmm. doesn't speak well for your core group of players when they roll through coaches faster than you and me roll through vehicles, right? <laughs> not, a, not a good look. I thought you were going to say craft you, beer spec. I thought you were going to say craft beer. No, I just no, no. I have more than eleven craft beers in thirteen years, or whatever it is. But um, I don't have eleven trucks in thirteen years. I can tell you that. Well, so. you know, spec too. I mean, here since Connor McDavid came here, you got the five coaches now. It'll Knobloch's the fifth. Those the the four previous total up to over what twenty two hundred wins. One guy's going in the Hall of Fame tonight. Dave Tippett had. Five six hundred forty eight wins. Todd McClellan's got five eighty three. He's going to finish at you know in the top ten. Yep. Like I mean, all the they're the, good coaches. All the great coaches that have come here and they're all gone. They're just they've gone. It's it, you know people just I can't I can't fathom that stuff. I don't I don't know. Where do you, I don't it's mean, not like it's it's not like you know Calgary went through a time where they didn't spend any money on coaches and only hired a bunch of young guys that didn't know what they were doing. That's not going on up here. They spend money on coaches. Like, you know what? Give Daryl Cates credit. He's opened up his his checkbook and he's spent a lot of money on coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And they're the, you're right. These are experienced guys who haven't been able to crack the nut in Edmonton. And there's we don't have time on this show no. to dissect why that's happened with each guy. But the fact is, it has happened with each guy. And and throw Woody on as another log on the fire, pal. He's a good coach. He's going to work again. But he couldn't get it done in Edmonton. So, Spec, with the new coaching staff, what is a typical turnaround time for expected results? Like, where where are the Oilers going with this? Tonight. Well, good, you know, good question. They listen. The new coach bump starts in game one usually. So right, right away, yeah. I I worry less about the first ten games, and I worry about more about the second ten games when a new coach mm-hmm. comes to town. Everybody's attention is peaked tonight. Uh, they are coming off a good game. They got a little bit of confidence. Generally speaking, a new coach in the NHL, you get some wins right away. It's after that wears off that we really start to figure out if this new coach has any new ideas or can get any more mm-hmm. out of this group of players. Hey, Spec, thanks for this. Uh, it's going to be another interesting day for you. And, I, I mean, again, what was last week like for you? I mean, just I mean, being on the road, you're one of the few guys that are on the road covering this team. Uh, what was it like, I guess, just uh, f- asking from broadcaster to journalist or broadcaster, what was it like for you? Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's that's why you get in the business. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, and I, I don't care about that. It, it's never any fun 
making the decision yeah. in your own head to write that it's time to fire a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, like I knew after the – I thought after the San Jose game that it was time to write that column, and I wrote it, and you know what? But it was even after the people, Vancouver game spec. It was after that, right? It was earlier in the week. What's that? That uh, well, no, no, yeah. it was after no, no, it was after the San Jose game that I wrote that it was over for Jay Woodcroft. And I'm not here to tell you how smart I am or that I'm taking all this credit. At some point, when you're in the beat, you got to write that. Mm-hmm. I've written it before with other guys, and you know, there's some risk there because if it doesn't happen, I got to look Woody in the eye all year, and I'm wrong. Yep. And that's not the first time I've been wrong, pal. Well, but, uh, again, you did a lot of you help. Know what? It's no fun. I'd rather cover a team that was sailing along playing 750 <laughs> hockey, but this is the hand you get dealt. We're covering a team that's that was at the time was 2-9 and 1 and in 32nd place. So mm-hmm. you got to write write it like that. That's just the way it is, man. Appreciate it, Spec. Thanks for this and we'll see you down at the rink tonight. All right, looking forward to it. That's uh, Mark Specter on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, it's the second barrel, the double barrel shotgun on a Monday morning. Craig Button from the NHL on TSN guests with us on the Kevin Carey Show with Laurie and Munzer on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Yes, changes uh, in Oilers Nation with the coaching staff. Time now for our headliner of the day. Brought to you by Mr. Rooter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Kevin Carius, Lorianne Munzer, Sports 1440, as we welcome in Craig Button from TSN. Good morning, Craig. How do you like to be the headliner of the day for the second straight appearance on the show? Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> you're going to have lots of uh, people that are headliners. I'm just doing my part at this hour of the day. Oh no, you're you're, you're the you're the big time headliner, Craig. Yeah, yeah. So you watched the news conference yesterday. What did you make of it? I was down there and I felt, and I these were in, in my opening remarks that it was kind of awkward, uh, uncomfortable, a little bit confusing. I guess that's to be expected with a, a coaching change early on. What did you make of uh, everything that went down yesterday and even in the days prior? I mean, it's very clear Jeff Jackson's running the operation. Mm-hmm. I think that it's clear. I think it's evident. Uh, not only not only by uh, by what's uh, by what's transpiring with, with significant changes, but also, you, you know, with uh, with the comments by Jeff. And I listen, Ken Holland's a Hall of Famer. I don't think that, that Jeff is going to do anything uh, to diminish Ken and, and his accomplishments, but Jeff Jackson's running the show in Edmonton now, not Ken Holland. Can you have success with how this management team is built and moving forward like it is? Well, I mean, first of all, it's not going to be the same at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people will say, I mean, Ken's at the end of his contract and, and Jeff's running the show. So, I mean, Ken is, like I said, he's a Hall of Famer. He's done everything you, you, you would imagine that you'd want a player. But Jeff Dow is running the show. And so, it, it, like, it, however it looks now with Ken as the, as the general manager, that's fine. But mm-hmm. Jeff is making the major decisions. He's got the major influence. And at the end of the year, whether Jeff is doing that as a manager, he brings in another manager, that's what it's going to look like. And that's how it is. And I think it's clear to everybody. If, it, if, if it's not, then I would suggest to people open up your eyes. Mm-hmm. So, do you think, Craig, that they should have gone deeper? In, in what regard, Lorianne? Um, few more changes with staff. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you, you make a massive change with a head coach and, and an assistant coach. And, you, you know, you have Jay who's, uh, you know, been been the voice. He, I mean, the, he's given the direction and provided it to the uh, uh, to the players and the team over a period of time. And Dave Madsen's been instrumental in that too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you make a change of that magnitude. I, I, I don't think that it's about how deep you go. I think it's about the significance of it. And, and it's significant. And I think that, you know, Paul's coming in now. He doesn't have any head coach or any real NHL coaching experience of any at all. And so he's going to be learning. Chris is going to be learning the NHL. You know, if there was any area, I mean, you, you still have Glenn Gullitz in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to provide some some some, uh, uh, some insights into what's going on. But, you know, you, you, you got to make sure that you have a, some continuity at, when you're bringing in new people and, and, and certainly people that are going to have to get up to speed, you know, at the NHL level. Paul, doesn't matter as a player what he did, and he's been watching the team. Mm-hmm. But now behind the bench and trying to give direction, and certainly Chris, who uh, is coming from the American Hockey League, is going to have to get up to speed. So having, having people around... Uh, that can that, that can give you that background on the on, on on the team and the players and some of the issues that that that, he, that they've observed. I think is really important to the new coaching staff. So I don't think uh, I don't think at this time it's. I think the significance of the change uh, was enough. Craig Button from TSN's our guest on Sports fourteen forty. So Craig, what's your what would be your level of concern with the two guys coming in and Knobloch and Coffee having no. NHL coaching experience? Well, I'll, I'll start with Chris. Okay. Every single coach that's ever started in the NHL had zero games of NHL experience. Yep. Chris is a very good coach. I, I feel that Chris has been deserving of a head coaching opportunity for some time now. I, I'm, not, I'm a fan, and, and, and it's great to be a fan, but I'm also, I also think that he's more than qualified, and I think he's more than ready. And the opportunity presents itself uh, in Edmonton where, where expectations are very high. But, you know, when Jeff, you know, makes the move and brings in Chris, he also knows that Chris has a, has a relationship with Connor. That's no mm-hmm. secret. And Chris, is, Chris has worked with young players. He's worked in the American Hockey League. He's worked at the NHL level as an assistant. So I, I think there's more than enough uh, to have confidence in Chris coming in. You know, Paul, just, just by the nature of, of his accomplishments as a player, he's been around the team. So, he, so his observations – are, are, have been there and have been evident. And, and now he, he gets to get into the what I call the fray. He gets to get into the fray and start working with the players one-on-one. And certainly, you know, like, I mean, credibility is going to be there. And, and now it's up to him to, you know, provide uh, some, some of the things that he thinks is important for the team to play. That's why you brought him there. But I, I'm not worried about Chris taking mm-hmm. over the team as, as the head coach. Does I do? I think he's qualified. I think he's he's been more than deserving for for some time now. And I I think when he comes in there with that background with Connor, now it's been a number of years. I, I don't want to just say go all the way back to 2015 yeah. and then say that that I mean that's a long time ago. Lots changed for Chris and for Connor, but there's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. And um, and 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 you know when you're bringing in a, a a significant change behind the bench, and you know that there's been a relationship there. That eases uh, the, the transformation to, to to some extent. Now it's up to the players and and, and to Chris to to make it as smooth as possible. 
Craig Button with us on Sports 1440. You know, Craig, I was lucky enough to interview uh, Chris Knobloch probably 10 to 12 times a little over 20 years ago when he was with the Alberta Golden Bears. They were on a powerhouse run in the early 2000s under uh, coach Rob Dom. You could tell at that point, even as a player in university hockey, that Chris had the leadership skills, the leadership abilities to be a successful coach in whatever he was going to do didn't know where it would end up but you could tell that back then having said all that and he's run the gamut of coaching at many levels what will be the biggest not and problem is the wrong word i guess roadblocks might be the wrong word too how about challenges what will be the biggest challenges for him in the early going to get this team back on track well, I think that they go hand in hand. What, what are going to be the challenges to get the team back on track? This isn't a team, uh, you know, that hasn't had some, some really good, strong accomplishments in the season's past and under Jay. So I think the biggest challenge for, for Chris right now coming in is, is to get the, the players and, and, and the team as a whole to be able to, to start to feel comfortable performing at a level that they're capable of. I believe, listen, I mean, teams have struggles and whatnot, but there's no question that despite the run, people can say whether they're deserving of being a Stanley Cup favorite or they're not, and everybody can have the debate. But I don't think anybody would say that the record that the Edmonton Oilers have right now is one that's, that, that, that is uh, consistent with what their capabilities are. So y- the challenge is, is getting the team and the individuals to play to their capabilities, which I, which I think that they're, they're, they're capable of doing that. I think when, when, when you talk about Chris, Chris, like I've watched Chris coach in the Western Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League, in the, in the, in the American Hockey League, and, and Chris has this real quiet confidence mm-hmm. about him. And he doesn't need to be the focal point, but for watching him over time, he's somebody that's going to instill the sense of we're going to be like his consistency as a coach, his consistency as somebody that's really confident in his abilities. I think now this is how we're going to play and we're going to be really consistent in doing that. And, and, and I, all he's got to do is be himself. Mm-hmm. You, you talked, Kevin, about having interviewed him over the years and what he, what, what you saw in him and, and what you felt that was really important for him. Well, those are the same things that I've seen. I think that's why Jeff brought him in here. And, you know, there's going to be a spotlight. I mean, obviously, when you're coaching Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel, you're, you're under a, a big, bright spotlight. Mm-hmm. And the Edmonton Oilers, you know, being in the situation as, as, as a team that stands out as somebody, you know, that, you know, whether they're how capable they are competing for Stanley Cup is up for debate, but that's the reality of where they're at. I think you just want Chris to come in and be himself and, and, and make sure that you don't be any, you, who you are mm-hmm. is what's got you here. Now, don't stop being who you are. And I think that Jeff, when he made this hire, understands that about Chris, and I think he understands. Yeah. at the right time with this type of change. You know, it's funny. Lorianne's been just nodding her head because, you know, she's been to the top of the hill in the Olympics winning a gold medal like 20 years yeah. ago, Craig. So <laughs> she's, she's kind of nodding your head at all the things you've been saying, right, Lorianne? Absolutely. When you were talking about the confidence, you know, there's a number of uh, reports out there and also Connor saying too that his confidence is not where it typically is and as a high performance athlete you know that that is a super important factor when you're talking about Chris what effect do you think Chris is going to have not only on Connor but on the team in terms of you know increasing the confidence of the team as a whole 
Well, and, and, and you know, as, a, as an elite athlete, you know, you know, you're capable of doing it and, and, and you're asking yourself, OK, why am I falling a little bit short? Why am I not at the level I'm at? And, and, and sometimes, you know, building up confidence is, 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 is as much a matter of just trying to encourage the players, hey, you know how to play and, and, and now go out and play. And become. I think that at times, and, and I'll use the Edmonton Oilers as an example, you know, imagine like how great Conor McDavid is and he struggles with confidence. Mm-hmm. And somebody from the outside would go, what? What do you mean? Why would he? Well, everybody, you know, when you're not performing at the level you 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 performed at, or you 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 know you're capable of performing at, struggles with it. So I think for Chris, and again, this goes back, Lorianne, to the to the to the relationship, like like just getting him comfortable again. Like Connor, just go out and play. Don't worry about making a mistake. And when your team is losing, and and you start to focus in on one or two things that are going against you, instead of focusing in on all the good things that you're capable of doing, and that's where I would be if I were Chris. Just keep focusing in. These players have had success. All of them have had success. The team has had success. You know, as as recently as as six months ago. So it's not like you, you, you're trying to convince them of success. And I think this is a big part for Chris. You're just trying to remind them of what gave them success. And now let's get, let's get back to playing that and creating an environment. You know, when a coaching change happens, I think what ends up happening for, for a team is there's kind of this before, oh, what's going to happen? Is a shoe going to drop? Is there going to be a trade? Is there, we saw Jack Campbell get sent down. Now a coaching change. Well, now, now it's all it's kind of like there's a reset and now, okay, we know who the coach is. Now we just go and play. There's not this wondering anymore about what could happen. It's happened. And now they can just go and focus in on playing again. Chris is a, is a, is a very self-assured mm-hmm. confident uh, person. And, and, and as a coach, I think that's really important in trying to get the players back to just trust me. He's not going to come in. He's not going to, He's not going to yell. He's going to say, here's what you need to do. Here's what we need to do. Now let's just go out and become. And without that specter of uncertainty surrounding the team now, Mm -hmm. because it's been cleared off, now they can go out and play. And I I think we we know the team's capable, and I expect to see uh, an upshot in their play and and, and the results. You know, know, it's funny you say that uh, as we're speaking with uh, Craig Button, NHL on TSN, and our headliner of the day for Mr. Rudy. Funny you say that because yesterday I got a call and I said, what do you think? I, I said, I almost felt like a, a bit of a relief just to, even as covering the team. Bit of a relief for some reason. Uh, that's kind of how I felt. Around the league, Craig, is there anything that's, uh, I don't catch in your eye or a team that maybe you want to have a comment on, either Calgary, Vancouver? I mean, uh, Canucks keeping rolling. How about Dallas uh, scored seven goals on special teams against the Wild? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, 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 it's really interesting when you look around. I mean, obviously Vancouver's playing very well, and you know, the, I mean, they made a change last year in the middle of the season with uh, Rick talking and Rick's come in and had a real positive change on the group. Uh, you, you know, at, at Colorado gets beat seven nothing by Vegas. They get beat eight two at home by the St. Louis Blues, and you know, Colorado looks like a really good team. You know, Vegas ends up losing a game, but they, they look very well. And I'm going to bring it back, and the reason I bring up those seeds, I'm going to bring it back to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. You know, a few years ago in the in the Eastern Conference, every team in the playoffs had 100 points. They were tracking 100 points or more. If that was the case in the West, I would say that 
the opportunity for the Oilers to make the playoffs would be daunting. But I'm talking about teams now. I mean, I think Vegas has established themselves. I think that uh, Dallas has established themselves. The LA Kings have established themselves. And, and in Vancouver, we have to give them credit. Mm-hmm. But I think after that, there's some bottom teams that aren't going to push for the playoffs. I, I think if you're looking for uh, uh, not a glimmer, but you, you know, slivers of, 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 of hope and, and optimism, it, it, nobody's running away mm-hmm. in, in that next middle group from the Edmonton Oilers, and they're going to get a chance to play them. And I think that that in and of itself, timing of a coaching change, timing of something significant that happened with the Oilers is also important to allow you to make up some of that lost ground. Because, because again, in that group from what I would say from 5 to 11, where and, and the Oilers are a little bit below that, but I, I think they can get right back into that mix and uh, and I'm not just saying that because of, uh, of of a coaching change. We know that they're better than the record indicates. Hey, Craig, thanks so much for this, uh, spending some time with us this morning. Always great talking to you, and I'm sure we will do the same in the near future. Enjoy the games this week. Thank you. Thank you very much, yeah. That's Craig Button, NHL on TSN. And our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Reuter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca. When we come back, we'll have some open text line. We'll talk with Lorianne Munzer. If you've got a call, if you want to talk to Lorianne Munzer, 1-833-401-1440. If you, want, if you have a question for Lorianne about her Olympic gold medal performance cycling uh, gold medal in uh, 2004, can you imagine? It's almost 20 years already. It's 20. It seems like yesterday, <laughs> but then sometimes it seems so far away. Yeah, it's still cycle circles around all of us right now. Uh, but if you've got something you want to address with Lorianne, myself, or the Duke, one 401 We're back on the Kevin Carey Show with Lorianne Munzer on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey's Lorianne Munzer, Monday morning, 841 in Edmonton. Uh, text coming in, one 401 if you want to give us a call. Same number, one 401 Herm says, hey, spec, Kevin, enough BS about 97 and 29. You do not win championships until you win as a team. Until the Oilers get away from the country club and friendship management, you will not have a winner. Oilers need to start their new season with a new attitude tonight. Herm. Uh, what is this one there, Hey, KK, might have missed it, but have you talked about the coffee hire? A little bit. (laughs) At the press conference, he didn't really instill a lot of confidence when he said he really didn't want to coach. He also has Kate's ear, so does that work with the players? Love your show. We did talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, Lorian, I don't know if you can kind of get into that that situation. So here's here's a, a guy, Paul Coffey, who was... His job title was advisor to Daryl Cates. So he's the advisor to the owner. So I am sure when you're an advisor to the owner, if the owner phones you and says, what do you think of what's going on? Okay, mm-hmm. that's your job. You're an advisor to the owner. Now you move behind the bench. And you're and the other thing that specs is, like people, I'm sure they, they realize, these assistant coaches work so hard. The hours that they put in from six in the morning till whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why they all look like they're, you know, at the end of the year, they got nothing left. Yep. Like, look at look at the picture of Todd McClellan 10 years ago. Look at Jay Woodcroft when he started this job and take a picture of what he looked like on Saturday. It's yep. night and day. 
the stress, the amount that these guys go through is off the charts. Back to the question. So how, what do you think player reaction or how does an athlete react to someone that is now an assistant coach who was an advisor to the owner? Can you answer that? Or is there an answer? I don't know if there is an answer because it's either something you're going to love or you're not going to love. You're going to hate it. So the thing is, you are dealt the cards in the hand that you have. So this is part of the team dynamics. You have to work with what you've gotten. And then the question is, how can you bring it up with whoever is in charge? I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to be relentless. You've got to always, always be giving your best, doing your best, playing your game, right? And it's just, how can you elevate your game? Like, what are you going to be doing every day so it's not just a one-time deal? It's an everyday event. And then there's also, too, like the inner working, the mental aspect of the game. Not everybody has a coach, a mental coach, is what I'm thinking. Or they have never even considered that aspect. But at the level of the NHL, I mean, you're going to have to be visualizing what it is that you're doing. And it's not just a one-off thing. It's always, all the time, every day, a couple times a day. So, I mean, you kind of asked, I guess, spec and mostly spec and we all talked about this coaching bump so yep. when there is a change i don't like i i'm trying to picture did you ever have something like this ever happen to you where a coach you <laughs> had a change of a coach right before i don't know the olympics yep. or something like that okay how did you react to it what did you do well when i was going to the olympics my coach wasn't there we had the national team coach who Really, he had an idea of what it was that I was doing, but my coach knew the ins and outs of what was going on. So you can either suck it up or you're going to get run over by it. So I made the decision that we were going to work together. And with that decision is I let Eric, the national team coach, know what I needed. Now, the interesting part was there were a couple of times when I said, hey, this is what I need. I was the only athlete on the track And he wasn't around. He went to the mountain bike. He went to the road events. So then you have to shift gears and literally go, okay, who can I find in the area, because I'm here all by myself, that could help me execute and deliver what I needed to do? I knew what I had to do. Mm -hmm. So number one, as an athlete, you have to be crystal clear on what is your role? What is your job? What is the purpose of, you know, the training session today? And then how are you going to tie it into with the big picture game day and you got to do what you got to do. You, you got to keep raising your level is go find ways, figure it out, figure it out, keep asking, okay, who can I talk to? What can I do? And then it really is that part of every day coming up and showing up and just, you're going to mess up the negative train, the thoughts that go through your head that just go, you know what? There's no way, bud, that you can do this. Mm-hmm. You've got to counter it, and it's your thinking that makes it so. It's like what they say, what gets wired together, fires together. So what are you thinking? Are you thinking about ways that we can't or the ways that we can do this together? Text coming in, one 1440 Wardo comes in and says, hey, good morning, Kevin, Lorianne. Always enjoy the show. Keep up the awesome insights. I wonder how many people had heard of Imperial Saskatchewan before yesterday's 
presser, LOL. I didn't, and Googled it immediately. I wish Chris Knobloch all the success. Sounds like he's earned the opportunity. Wardo in YYC. Thanks for the text, Wardo. Yes, uh, Imperial, Saskatchewan, is just south of Watrous. Did you know that? No idea. <laughs> well, I'm a Saskatchewan guy, so I kind of know where all the little towns are. I used to work on highway construction. so. Uh, and I, again... Uh, when I first got here in 97 or 8 or whatever it was, my my beat working at ITV back then was the Alberta Golden Bears because that's just what I did. And then I we had a half an hour sports show. So starting in September when Golden Bears football started and Golden Bears hockey started, that was I, I, I came in at 3 o'clock, I'd go down to practice. And to be honest with you, back then the Eskimos practiced at three o'clock too because all their players worked during the day. Yeah. So I ended up talking to, you know, all the football players and hockey players from that era. And they, the hockey team had an unbelievable four, five, six-year run. Well, it was even longer than that. But in that period of time when Chris Knobloch played for the Alberta Golden Bears, they were almost unstoppable. They had some bad luck at the national championship because it's it's just such a tough it's a one game play in and these you know one game one game showdown for the national championship i mean every time they played the golden bears i mean they won some they lost some but the one gamer they would outshoot the opposition whoever it be unb or whoever it was a lot of times it was the atlantic rep 45 to 15 and lose 2-1 you know that's what happened but as i said you can you could see back then that Chris Knobloch had the awareness, the ability, the mindset to become a coach, to become someone that could be, you know, leader of men because he was a leader on the team. Mm-hmm. This was under Rob Dom. I wanted to ask him yesterday about it as well, but I just didn't feel it was the right kind of time uh, for that. That'll happen here in the next little bit. How much did Chris Knobloch learn from previous coaches, including Rob Dom, yep. who was an assistant with the Oilers, you know, a number of years ago? How much did he learn from... You know, the guys that got him there, like Rob Dom, like, you know, the coaches that he played for. And then how much does does he take from each person moving forward to, I don't know, shape and mold himself into a coach? Do yeah. you see Do you see a lot of that, like, with, with athletes that moved on to coaching where they take a little piece of something here, something there, a person here, a person there, and then you end up to be who you are because you got to be yourself as well. Absolutely. You look for those qualities, you look for those values, you look for the the etiquettes, everything, but then you have to make it yours and when you embody your style, it's going to be different than everybody else's and it's bringing it out all the time and being able to adjust on the fly as situations come up and you never know what you're going to get because every day is a different day. But, you know, what are your core principles? What are your core values? What, what's the main mission? Mark texts in. Mark texts in. Kevin, what's so depressing about this move? Uh, welcomes back the old boys club into the day-to-day operations of the team. Um, how does a coach coach when his assistant reports right to the owner? I wouldn't want that job at all. I think that's going to change a little bit. I Because... I just I I don't see that happening. I I think that that is going to be less, maybe none. I I I don't see a hotline 
<laughs> from Daryl Cates right down to Paul Coffey on, you know, after a game. Hey, what, what, so what was said here? Who's doing this? Who's doing I don't see that anymore because if that happens, this team is doomed more than you can imagine. It won't work. No. It, it's impossible. So I think that that, that communication is done. I can't see it happening moving forward. Can't see it happening. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, you got to move on. Is what's your role? What are you here to do? You know, help Chris. Mm -hmm. Chris has got the great confidence factor. Like when Craig was talking there just a little bit earlier, is just like, okay, I think there's going to be a new elevation there. And you've got coffee and, you know, coffee and Chris, they got to work together. And the the wild card, and it's not, that's the wrong term is Glenn Gulletson here as I said he's been here under this will be his fifth head coach that he's worked under he does has done an, obviously a fantastic job with the power play with the best power play in history last year mm-hmm. Connor McDavid is a big fan of his yeah that's another aspect that maybe people know I don't know I assume they would feel that there's a rapport and a connection there this is a situation where there's so many moving parts right now going forward that it's going to be hard to keep track of of everything here in the next little bit we're not going to be able to keep track of it all but how but how do you like what would be the mindset of the players like i mean they're coming in again and we mentioned it with spec a fresh start a fresh idea fresh look especially third and fourth liners i think if you're Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and all these guys, you know what you're going to be doing no matter who the coach is. You know you're going to get 23 minutes of ice time unless you don't perform and now you're going to get benched for a little while, which should be happening. And again... May not be a bad idea. Again, Connor McDavid was benched by Chris Knobloch back in the eerie days. It, I think it maybe only happened once, yep. but he was benched. Well, sometimes you need to bring it bring it in, right? And sometimes that is what you need. It's I think this is a great time to reset, and tonight's the night, right? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, let's reset it, reset everything. <laughs> like <laughs> there's been so many resets, Lorianne, over the years. We can't keep track. Again, five head coaches under Connor McDavid in eight years since Daryl Cates took over. Mac T, Quinn, Rainey, Kruger, Akins, Nelson, McClellan, Hitchcock, Tippett, Woodcroft, now Knobloch. That's just since the new ownership took over yeah. in 2008. Before That's that, you had Craig McTavish here for, I don't know, I guess the better part of a, well, not quite a decade, nine years, eight years. You know, there have been tons and tons of changes under Daryl Cates. Where, and I mean, Maybe he's got to come out and say something. He's been, obviously we know he doesn't like coming out in the public. Maybe Daryl Cates, it's time for him again now because he's done it in the past. He's done, he's made appearances in the last few years. Maybe it's time again. He's got to say something. I think that would shake things up a bit. I think it would settle a lot of people's mind. And the one thing is when your mind is settled, then you can go out and do the work that you need to do. Well, Lorianne Munzer, are you in... Or are you out? Are you in or are you out? I'm always in the game. You're in. Let's well, go. We started this uh, segment last week, and we're going to talk about it after the break. Okay. Uh, the Duke has put together, well, five ins, five outs. It depends on... Well, And the Duke is always positive. You know that. I he, love it. Well, I love it. He's positive Duke. <laughs> having said that, 
there could be a few things that I'm out on in this one, Duke. Okay. <laughs> uh, when we come back, it will be, are you in? Are you out with Carius and Munzer? Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update with the Duke.